and take me to realms of endless day, please join me in prayer. Eternal Lord God, open up our ears to hear, our hearts to believe, our soul to receive the blessing of your word for what is sent out will never come back to God empty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, who is the head of his church. I'm sure that you've heard this one. A United States battleship was on course, and an officer was directing the ship, and he saw a bright light in front of him, and so he signaled to the bright light. The bright light received the signal and said, we are a United States battleship. Please change your course. And the bright light replied back, no, you need to change your course. So the officer told the captain of the ship what was happening, and the captain himself got online. And listen, I'm the captain of this United States battleship. I see your bright light in front of us. You need to change your course. We're a United States battleship. Please reply soon. And the bright light replied back and said, Sorry, Captain, you will need to change your course. Just so happened to be that the Admiral's on that ship. And so the captain went to the Admiral and told him of the fiasco, what was happening. And the Admiral got on mine and said, I'm an Admiral with the United States Navy and this United States battleship, and I insist that you change the course. And finally, the bright light echoed back and said, well, I'm the bright light, and I'm at the lighthouse, and you need to change your course. (laughs) Sorry, you haven't heard that, and I have. So we're going to talk about paths and being on wise paths and not so wise paths, as such was the battleship. So what's the most awesome path that you ever walked on? Was it a state park or a national park? Go ahead and take a look at the pictures. I like the picture of walking along the beach. Or maybe paths that go to places we've never seen before with um, unseen vistas and views. Or paths that go up and down hills with very uh, scenery. In a couple weeks I'll be in Glacier National Park and we'll take some hiking and paths there. So what's the greatest path you have ever been on? Or maybe that you'd like to walk on. Can you envision it in your mind? Paths that you walk. Well, the older I get, I somewhat become more nerdy. So I've sort of gotten into a hobby, history and paths. So my current sort of passion is Lewis and Clark. And Lewis and Clark made their own path. Matter of fact, they were off the map for hundreds and probably 1,500 miles. Nothing was ever mapped. Um, President Thomas Jefferson believed that Lewis and Clark would encounter dinosaurs. Someone said, you're probably going to find a mountain made of pure salt. You go up about a mile and you come back down. They thought when they got to the headwaters of the Missouri, maybe they'd have to portage for a mile, dump into the Columbia and go to the Pacific. But they had to make their own path. They had to cross the bitter roots and they had to literally create their own map, sort of unique. And I've literally stepped on this trail. Matter of fact, um, uh, it's not so much uh, a trail as uh, the ruts as it is um, uh, the, the, the wheels themselves made such an indentation that there's literally a hump where that trail was. The Oregon Trail, they followed a marked path. And up until about 100 years ago, people still took the Oregon Trail out west. Maybe they couldn't afford a car or afford the train ticket. But the Oregon Trail followed a marked path, beginning in Independence, Missouri, across the plains. By July 4th, they had to be at a special rock um, in uh, the middle of Wyoming if they wanted to make it there safely. So Oregon Trail is sort of a unique path, unique trail. And then there's a transcontinental railroad, and there was a race to complete the path. One part of the railroad began in Omaha, Nebraska, and the other one began in Sacramento. 
And there was a race, and, and the, 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 the groups that built the railroad were going to pay the most of who completed the most mileage and achieved their goals the best. They met, as you know, in Provost, Utah, and that's where they threw down the golden spike. In one day, uh, the western part of the railroad laid down 10 miles of track, sort of unique path. Um, and today you can still travel on uh, much of that railroad that was laid down. Another neat path I'm sure we all have heard about is who? The Donner Party. Now, you all know about the tragedy and, and the grotesque circumstances. They got hung up in the Sierra Nevada mountains on their path. That wasn't their problem. The problem was that the leaders of the Donner Party decided to take a shortcut that was unproven back in Utah and Wyoming, and they got lost. And they got held back for a couple weeks, and hence they got caught into early snowstorms, and that was their devastation. Just various stories about paths and how, how people traverse paths and it made it through and how it blessed them or hindered them being on and being able to follow or even um, design your own path. So I'd like to ask you a question about you and your path. What type of person are you? Are you a person that says, I'm on a wonderful design path? I don't know what it's going to bring, but I know it's wonderful and designed because I'm in God's hands. I don't know where my path is going to end. I don't know who I'm going to encounter my path. I don't know who's going to break off from my path. But I know that God pretty much, and many people say, has have a plan for me. God knows the day I'm going to be born, and God knows the day I'm going to die. And I'm on this path right now, and I'm not sure what it's all going to look like. Or are you the type of person that I make my own path and have no idea where it goes? I sort of do my own thing. I don't believe that there's a design path for me. I'm sort of the master and commander of my own path. I'm sort of like Lewis and Clark, but I don't have a real goal. I just go along with the flow. What type of person are you? Do you see yourself on a path that God has designed for you? And maybe you might vary, you and I vary off a few miles, but we eventually get back on it. Or maybe, I really don't know, I just do my, sort of my own thing. Well, you all know about the Apostle Peter and the path that he was on. In some ways, the Apostle Peter is like all of us. Sometimes we open up our mouths with our brains turned on, and sometimes we speak in haste and we don't follow through on decisions. And we know about Peter's path, and I think deep down inside he loved our Lord. We knew about Peter's betrayal, how he had difficulty staying on the path of our Lord. And after Peter, on his own path of fear, denied Jesus, Jesus called him back to himself and three times asked, Peter, do you love me? Do you care for me? Will you take care of my sheep? And you know the answer to that. Peter said yes. And then Jesus said this to him, Peter, someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. You're going to walk a path that you don't want to go. What does that mean? Well, legend had it that Peter died how? Go ahead, tell me. How did Peter die? Crucified upside down. In Rome, in the Colosseum, and one day someone will lead you in a path that you don't want to go. But Peter's path, nonetheless, was beautifully designed by God. He's a reminder of faith in the path that God uh, takes us on. And one day we will meet Peter, so the blessed apostle Peter. But as was read to you earlier, Isaiah also talks about a path, and he talks about a path that sort of never ends. And this is what God's word says about paths. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making sure the fields and plants get their nourishment, 
So likewise, my word will not come back to me empty, but accomplish and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. In other words, God says, I will send out my word and I will place people on my path by faith. When my word goes out, it accomplishes purpose and people come on my path to walk my path from their daily walk on earth until the day they arrive at my kingdom's door in heaven. So God says, my word will accomplish it. It'll bring people into the path. So what is God's purpose? What's the purpose of God sending forth his word, putting us on his path? Can you read it for me? God's purpose is what? For So ultimately, the reason why God's word goes forth, this is sort of big picture stuff, God's word goes forth is that people come to faith and believe that Jesus died and rose them. They come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and they are placed on that path for eternal life. So I'd like to share with you a parable. Now, once again, parables are not nice stories by nice teachers in nice classrooms and nice children from nice homes. That's not a parable. A parable is really an iron fist in a velvet glove. What I mean by that is whenever a parable is told, someone's getting their clock cleaned, someone's being admonished, and someone is being blessed by God's word. So Jesus tells parables because it insults some people and it blesses other people. So once again, a parable is an iron fist in a velvet glove. So Jesus tells a parable of the sower. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. A farmer went out and threw out what? And some fell on very hard dirt or a hardened path or even cement and concrete and was just taken away. And some fell, fell on very short soil and it grew up a little bit and it got choked out. And some fell among thorns and it got um, once again choked out and died. And some fell on good soil and it produced fruit 30, 60. And even Jesus said to a hundredfold. And there you see a picture of it. Now you know the seed is the word. And the type of soil is a heart. Some hearts aren't receptive at all. Some hearts will go along with it until life begins to stink. Some hearts go along with it until life's joy begins to interfere with God's word. And some hearts receive God's word and the blessing of it for eternal life and bearing fruit for others. But once again, God will send forth his word and accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. So Jesus shares this parable... I think the hearers know what type of heart they have or that they are. For some people, it's an iron fist and a velvet glove, and other people, it's a blessing. I'm not going to ask you where you are now or where you might be. Where do you see your heart? So let me play Lutheran and tell you what it means and does not mean. So first of all, let me tell you what that does not mean when God sends forth his word. What it does not mean is instant results like Jack and the Magic Beanstalk. You familiar with that story? Jack sold his cow, he got a magic bean, he threw the bean in the ground, next thing you know it grew all the way up to heaven. That's not what it means. Very rarely does anyone sit in a Bible study or come to church and hear a sermon and automatically they're totally mature in the faith. That doesn't happen that way. Sometimes it takes months, years, or even decades for that seed to grow and to produce. It doesn't happen that way instantly and magically. So pastor, many times I hear, pastor, we need new members. We got to have new members in our church. Why? Well, somebody has to help us pay the bills and fill places and positions and leadership. 
As if as someone becomes a new member, they're going to automatically tie the next week and get super involved. Now, there might be a few that do so. But for most of us, and even me, that's not, that wasn't how it worked. It took a long time for the seed to grow and to mature and nourish, and it's still in the process of growing and maturing inside of me. So when God sends forth his word, sometimes it takes a long time. There is, very rarely is there a magic bean that does so, so quickly. What else does this mean? Well, it doesn't mean that all will forever resist. Someone will say, I refuse to go to church, and I don't want to hear the word, and I don't want any religion in my life. And 10, 15 years later, their hearts change. Maybe they went through something, a hard time. Maybe they enjoy the pastor or another church worker. Maybe they're blessed by one of the churches or schools ministry. But neither one resists forever. Some change hearts. Some change their mind. We can't think that just because someone's not receptive today might not mean a month, a year, or 15 years down the road that they won't be receptive. What else does this mean? Change the seed in the word. Yeah, if we would simply back off some of our teachings and doctrines, then maybe the church would be a little more popular with the world. You know, don't insist Jesus is the only way. Stop talking about commandments. Stop lifting up morality and marriage. And then people come. Well, in truth, that really doesn't work. We're never caused called to change truth of the word, no matter how offensive it is. What else doesn't that mean? Well, that means we don't suffer from myopia, that we just have a short-sighted view of reality. Well, this is how we always done it, and this is how we always need to do it. That's being very short-sighted. There's different ways to do things that might be more effective and that might bless others. So does that mean my word will go forth and bear fruit? Well, it doesn't mean instant results. And once someone's not interested, they're not interested forever. Or maybe if we simply dummy down the word or simply say this is how it was done in the past. Now what it does mean, let me flip side over, what, what does this mean? The word will accomplish and achieve the purpose which I sent is patience for the long run. You know, as a child, I found worship terribly boring. Now you know me. Whoever thought of this, why every Sunday do I have to spend an hour, an hour, 15 minutes? It's pure torture. Man, I was a little kid. I just hoped they didn't have communion so I could go home soon. But now that I became an adult, I find out there's no place I'd rather be. So when we send forth the word, there's going to need to be patience with it. Patience for a long run. Long run. At times, soil types do change. Maybe you're a person who said, yeah, my soil type changed over the years. Maybe there's a tragedy or a heartbreak or a slow wearing down of things in my heart and mind. Maybe I saw a Christian do something or did something for me that changed my life. What it does mean is that soil types do change. Rocks sometimes break down over time. You know, water and it freezes and it cracks and it melts and it freezes and cracks some more and over time and sun and the wear and tear rocks break down and they do change. I'm a person who believes in deathbed conversions. Do you? Yes. Because people receive the word at different times and in different places in their lives as their soil type changes. Next, be a broadcaster. You know what I mean by being a broadcaster? Let the seed fly. Just let it go. 
Now, a couple years ago, I, as I lived in Illinois, um, my family and I, we went up to the Quad Cities, and I believe that it's um, Moline, East Moline, where uh, John Deere is located. And they have a pavilion where you go in and sit in tractors. So I was sitting inside a $400,000 tractor, and I was looking at it. I was sitting in the driver's seat and looking at all the various, I don't know, um, flips and switches, I felt like I was in a fighter jet cockpit. I mean, I know how to drive my car barely. I have to work in setting my crews. But to be a farmer today, it's super technical. We no longer broadcast. We know the exact inch and centimeter where we're going to place a seed. I'm sure a farmer will tell me. Some farmers share that their tractor is connected to a GPS system, which satellite goes the exact half inch where they should put the seed down. But you and I are called to broadcast the seed. Just let it fly. How? Well, in our tiger den, in our preschool, in our school, in cross-training, in our Bible studies, in many ways, let the seed fly. Let the word out. It'll accomplish the purpose which God has sent it, and what does it mean? The seed is always good. God's word is always good. It endures forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The seed is always good. We don't have to trust ourselves. Trust the seed. Trust that by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we share the word, it will not come back empty. And friends in Christ, this is big picture stuff. And some people won't receive it at first. Some people like me to hear about 22 times before it begins to sink in. So it does mean patience, soul types change over time, be a broadcaster, the seed is always good. Now, I'm going to ask you this about his word going forth and achieving the purpose we just sent it. So I want you to think like Back to the Future. Are you familiar with that movie? Back to the Future, they had a time machine. And so if you've ever seen a Back to the Future movie, you have to deal with different times at this, in the same movie, you know, going back to 1955, to the current, going into the future, whatever. And so when God's word goes forth, we have to think about the big picture. The big picture is someone being brought to faith for their entire life. Now, one thing that was told to Marty is never set it to 2020. Don't ever come to the year 2020, okay? Never mind. But anyways, that's how we have to think of it. So for... Old Testament Israel, they were, in, they were dealing with idolatry and God wasn't tolerating it. So they're going to be in bondage in Babylon. God's going to bring them back and restore them and God's going to send them a Messiah and said, listen, my word's going to go forth and it's going to accomplish the purpose and the Messiah's still going to come. I'm still going to bring you back, you idolatrous people. It's a long-term, big picture sort of thing. Have to deal with time, different times. And it's for you and I too. We have to think about the big picture. Right now, we're sinners and saints. And we have celebrations and joys in our life, and we bear crosses and hardships. But yet, what are we waiting for? Judgment Day. We see life in the big picture, the big path. Yes, we're sinners and saints, we bear our crosses, we have our joys, but yet we are still waiting for Christ's return. His word will not come back empty. It's big picture sort of stuff. It's a path that God put us on. Spread his word and other people come on the path as well. So our path, a blessed way of looking at our path is your word, God. is a lamp unto my feet and light to my path because I know you have me. 
I know my path is blessed by faith, just like your path, but blessed by faith in Jesus to the day he calls us home. What a blessing that is. And how about this for a closing thought? Make me to walk in your commands. Tis a delightful road. Nor let my head or heart or hands offend against my God. And all God's people say...